I, I think I had OCD. I was going over the top. I I didn't know how to stop. I just felt I had to be there for, for everybody, and um, and so art just went out the window. Welcome to episode 83 of the Archerpreneur Now podcast. It is me again, Heath Armstrong, fist pumping at your side, at your service, hoping that you are doing something crazy today, doing something uncomfortable, doing something that you've never done before, taking some chances, taking some risks, smiling. That's a big one. Smile a little bit longer. You know, next time you think of something that's just terrible, next time something awful happens to you, just smile. Just force yourself to smile and see how much better it makes the situation. It's crazy how well it works. It's like you can't be mad after that. So just try it out. I am so, so, so excited that you are here today with me again. I've got an amazing artist on, Vera Deans. And she is coming all the way from Australia. And I love the Australian accents, as as most people probably would say they do. But her, her story is so, so deep. She, she faced a, a lifelong responsibility and, and was gifted two beautiful children. And one of them, unfortunately, suffers with Asperger's. And, and we really get into her, her story trying to overcome that that huge responsibility and still find time to be able to create and to be able to take part in this life that she loves through all of her different art mediums, through her photography, through her mosaics, her handcrafts, her jewelry, everything she's doing. And it gets really in depth and she does an amazing job of telling us about her daily struggles and how she gets out of those struggles and how she's actually taken this relationship with her son who has Asperger's to a whole new level And they have actually found a unique bond with creating together. And it's, it's such a powerful, amazing story that makes me so, so, so happy. So I hope all of you enjoy this episode just as much as I did. As always, I'm just so humbled to to be able to talk to these people every single day. Everybody out there, if you ever have any questions or anything, seriously, hit me up email. You can email me at createdartsynow.com. Hit me up on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong or Skype. Skype name is Radiohead PS. I love meeting all of you and just talking and figuring out what you're doing. I think we can all learn things from each other. So don't be shy. I want to meet all of you little heady little dudes and dudettes out there. I think that we will be able to bond in in, in our own way. and, And I promise you, it's not as scary as you may think. Although I am kind of creepy. You got to watch out. So, with that being said, all the show notes for this episode will be on artsynow.com forward slash Veradines or forward slash 83. It is up to you to make the choice and don't make the wrong one. Again, the goal here is, is to create a life that we love, right? Whether that be in person working from your house, whether that be creating some kind of business online, 
so that you don't have to go to the nine to five workplace every day. I mean, everybody that is a creative out there knows that it's tough to put yourself into a situation that you don't enjoy, that you don't love. And so the whole point of this show is, is to be able to network and connect with people and hear the stories of those that are that are taking a point to make that happen. And I hope that that these stories are really, really hitting you guys where, where it's making a difference. And, and I value your feedback so much that I, I can't even put it into words. So what what do you want to hear on the show? What, what would you like to hear that hasn't been mentioned on the show? What kind of subjects would you want me to tackle? I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And if you have something in mind, if you have a guest that you'd love to hear on it, just hit me up. Seriously, send me an email or, or get on Skype and I'll make it happen. And we can learn from those people or we can tackle those subjects because if they are a value to you, they're going to be a value to everybody else as well. So more minds than one is the best way to go. I love to collaborate. When we do, magic can happen. So here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, get on with your bad selves. Yeah. Wiggity, 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 what's up, world? Across the big sea from one creative to another. I'm here to fist pump. I'm here to bring the heat. I'm here to reinvent creativity with my guest today out of Victoria, Australia. She's a freelance artist. She's a photographer. She's a qualified fashion designer. In love with mosaics, handcrafts, jewelry design, animation, digital art collage, a skittamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skittamarinkity-doo-hoo. Vera Deans, yoo-hoo. Are the entrepreneur now, what is going on? What is going on? Well, <laughs> I'm just so full of ideas. I've got so much creativity, and it's all coming out in so many different ways, so many diver- diverse ways, and um, I'm really happy. Because I'm being totally who I want to be now. It's taken a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Because of other things. Yeah. How, how amazing! I mean, to be honest, it's, I I never feel just more amazing and just gratified as when somebody says that they're finally becoming the person that they want to become. Because my entire life, I wasn't. You know, I was very reserved. I didn't mm-hmm. do the things that I thought. I didn't say the things that I should have. I didn't. I didn't apply myself in areas that I probably should have. And now I'm like no holds bar. So when I get to connect with people like you, I'm just truly humbled because the stories are just so, so, so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, how I, how I was too, Heath. Um, I come from a Serbian-Croatian background. I was born in um, Italy on the way to Australia and, um, well, spent my whole life here in Australia but I came from really strict upbringing where girls just have to be quiet, you have to be 
um, almost the, you know, virgin f- for your whole life oh, no. type of thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not allowed to have fun, not allowed to let boys kiss you. So I come from that sort of background and um, I've always been artistic, but because of so many um, restrictions and not gaining enough confidence through my upbringing, even though my parents were, were lovely, but, you know, my parents did have problems and everything and their marriage broke down. But um, I, it, it's taken me years to come to a point where I can totally um, just, I'm not worried about, you know, who I am, what I say, and um, I'm not trying to people please all the time, which is always what I did. And, um, you know, if people don't like me, well, sorry, um, it's just a lovely freeing thing, just totally being yourself. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. And with me, it's taken a long time. But thankfully, I'm still alive. <laughs> and I can enjoy uh, what's coming next. And uh, I plenty of time ahead of you too. Yeah, and um, the big thing that's happening, you know, with me in the next month is I'm having, it's a shared exhibition. Um, It's at Inverlee, which is about 20 minutes drive into the countryside from here, and it's called the Golden Plains Arts Trail, and I'm allowed to have six artworks to display, and also that weekend I demonstrate my art to to people coming in and also hopefully sell art and prints at the same time. So things are happening that... You know, they're slowly happening, but they're happening, and I've sold a few works. Um, it's not easy to sell, but um, it's it's positive, so I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, it's amazing hope- when that happens, right? Well, it, it almost feels, um, to me, unbelievable. I have to... I have to sometimes look around, and, and I do. I check my work. I check my art. And I think, no, no, I'm, this is me. <laughs> this is what's happening. And people do want to see me and my art. And um, it's just wonderful. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad. But, you know, there, to get to this point um, wasn't easy um, because I've, I had to change a lot of my thinking because I was a carer I still am a carer for Aaron who has Asperger's he's just turned 21 and he's an artist with a disability himself and I'm trying to promote and help him too but um, I throughout most of my marriage I've cared for Phil my ex who has um, multiple ill health Um, but the last couple of years since my mum's death um, I've I've managed to break away from that thought where I just have to be the carer and looking after everyone. I, I'm, I've come to a point where I can live my own life and it took my doctor and a few other people to really point it out to me that I have a life and that I'm allowed to live it and uh, and that I don't have to apologise for it. So, you know, there's been a lot of changes and I I hope that if there's people out there that are listening, if they if they have a similar thing to me or a similar problem or thoughts, that um, 
you are allowed to live your life. You are allowed to aspire and fulfil your dreams. I always thought that I had to always be everything to everybody and not enjoy myself and um, it's so wrong. <laughs> so now I'm really loving life, yeah, at 58. I've got, mm. I've got a couple of cousins who suffer from Asperger's and I know the struggle with that and I know that being in a position like you were when you have that decision where, yeah, you, you know, you're kind of obligated to take care of them. You want to, because you love it. You love them. Yes, and, exactly. and it's just kind of a matter of trying to balance being able to, to keep yourself happy and do the things that you love while being able to raise, you know, like a son that has Asperger's yeah. and you said that he's an artist, which is amazing. So he's obviously taking yes. on some of your talents. So I'm sure that that's kind of a roller coaster yes. of, of fun and celebration, seeing what he can create. Cause they tend to be very, very, very articulate and genius type of characters. Um, my well, cousin Larry, is actually a brilliant yeah. author. He, he writes and writes and writes and it's amazing the kind of content he can pump out. But do you, do you remember, I don't know how long, you know, when taking care of him, you, you have sort of been experiencing your creativity, but throughout that whole process of your life, I mean, have you always mm. been someone who has snuck away to do some paintings or is it something that's really just hitting heavy now? Well, um, in between all of this, I'd say in between the last, you know, 25 to 30 years through being married and before that, uh, because my first job was I worked in a bank as a teller and um, I was very unfulfilled and, you know, always wanted to do art and um, then made the breakaway after 11 years and, and did fashion design, did a course and then did um, – I was uh, an assistant designer in Melbourne for a little while and then came back. But by that stage I was married and thinking about having children and thank God we, we had children, two sons. But in between all that, I did do short courses and I did um, printmaking, um, uh, calligraphy, uh, short courses in painting and watercolour and um, always it was always there but I couldn't fully enjoy it or immerse myself in it. I think that's the word. It was always just rushing part-time and always sort of stealing a few hours here and there and not feeling – and I'd feel guilty sometimes too. I'd feel guilty for for having time out to do those things because I thought I really should be a full-time mum, I really should be a full-time carer. And like you said before, Heath, I – love my family, so you want to be there for them. But it got to the stage where it was so all-consuming, caring and trying to be the perfect carer, so, so to speak, and to be there all the time. I, I think I had OCD. I was going over the top. I I didn't know how to stop. I just felt I had to be there for, for everybody. and. Um, and so art just went out the window. I, for a stage, I didn't, for probably five years or so, I didn't even think about art. And then uh, I had what they call carer's burnout, which is where I got to a stage with Phil, this is my ex, where I went to my doctor and I said, look, 
I, I'm done with caring. I can't care anymore. I've got nothing else to give. I've given so much of myself and um, it's all gone. I need to sort of replenish myself somehow and then slowly I've replenished myself and uh, healed myself, I think, through art therapy and photography and just getting back into it. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it does. It leads it right into the gate of when you're making that transition. I know that's that's a huge lifestyle shift to make to be able to start mm. bringing creativity back into the picture. And I know mm. that when you did it, you started actually feeling the benefits of it, you know, as you got farther and farther along. But what what was that transition sort of like? Like, what did you do between the point where you were fully overwhelmed to where you are now? It had to have been sort of a slow thing. You probably didn't just all of a sudden stop doing 75% of the stuff you were and then start creating 75% of the time. I think there's a lot of people out there that are probably in similar positions and mm -hmm. it would it would be something for them to be able to hear you know, what your process sort of was uh, when making that routine. Like what kind of creative patterns or routines or rituals did you sort of put into place to make the transition easier? Well, I... I did have an interest in photography and that was one thing that started me off and also different things that were offered online. First of all, with photography, I just started to take photos around my garden. I have a big garden and, um, and just try a little bit of creative stuff. I looked online. There's a, um, a place uh, called Pictify and I started to do a few sketches and um, drawings and um, made up a little site for myself there. But it, like you said, it was slow and I was just experimenting. I wasn't thinking um, – at that stage I was thinking, thinking of it more as a therapy and just to make me feel better. I wasn't – and to be more myself because the, the artistic – emotions and feelings were always there and I had to express them somehow. So I got pencils, which I did have a lot of still things left at home. I had paints and a few things around. So I just started um, drawing, getting ideas. I'd look um, online at um, other artists, like I've, you know, very interested in other artists through history, art programs, and just getting inspired and also inspired by other artists' lives in, you know, what they experienced and, um, you know, just trying out new things. And a lot of, a lot of what I do, I don't have um, a strict formula. I, I just try to explore and um, get ideas from photos I take or photos I see online or in magazines, images I see on, on telly. I go for drives with Aaron to um, – we're near the coast here, so I take photos of the coast. Um, I'm always looking at nature and close-up too, like when I'm in the garden, I'm looking at insects. Um, I'm looking at 
my vegetable garden, looking at everything close up. If someone saw, if someone saw me, they'd probably think, "What is this woman doing? Kneeling down, looking in the grass." But this is where I get my inspiration, and it was just slow. And um, then I started to buy more paints. Realized that there was a lot that was on offer in art shops um, to experiment with opposed to when I was doing stuff 20 or 30 years ago. And uh, so that's how it, it came to be. And then Aaron, Aaron, him, because Aaron, since he was diagnosed with Asperger's, he was about five when he was diagnosed and he started, he has a fascination with redback spiders and um, factories. And uh, so he would be drawing all these things and he inspired me too. And when I started to draw, Aaron took interest in what I was doing too. And so the the good thing is we inspire each other. And, um, yeah, so I think I don't know whether it's – I don't know whether it's fate, um, Heath, but it's like um, Aaron – has given me a new lease on my art life as well. It, even though he's younger than me, but he's given me something to think about, and uh, so it's great. And I and I hope that I'm helping him too. So I hope I hope I haven't gone off on a tangent. Then I do go off on tangents. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so so get me on no, the I right think, track if I'm going. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, I really do. I figured that when you started talking about his art earlier, that that has to be sort of an amazing thing to realize that you guys can share that bond and, and continue with that in the future. Because who knows what that will bring? I mean, who knows how how amazing the creations that come out of both of you in combination are going to be moving mm-hmm. forward. And, and that kind of mm-hmm. creates a, a whole nother bond uh, in your relationship. And I think that's oh, such, a, such a beautiful story. And I, I you were talking about when you go to the art store and you have all these new choices to choose from as opposed to yes. 20 or 30 years ago. What kind of, you know, what are you using now? What are your art styles? Uh, I, I know I saw you do some acrylics and some watercolors and things like that, but feel free to mm. get into as much detail as possible. We have so many artists that, <coughs> sorry, so many artists that do listen. And they, <coughs> man. All right. Well, um, and they love to hear all about the techniques, right. the styles, the tools, everything. I mean, what what are you throwing down on on the canvas now? All right. Well, I mainly do um, when I'm painting. I I do watercolor, acrylic. I do mixed media, which can be watercolor, acrylic, and inks on Fabriano watercolor paper. I don't always just use white paper. I use tinted paper for a different background. Um, some of my collage works I've used like a crinkled bronze paper. See, all these things have come out and a thing that I especially love, which they have a lot of, is black art paper hmm. and they even have black watercolour paper. And apart from painting, I do a lot of illustration with either gel ink pens or um Fluoro, I haven't done a lot of fluoro lately, and metallic. I love using gold and silver or white on black. And um, if 
when I post some more things on Twitter, you'll see what I mean. I'll explain it. But the, another thing I've, I've started is using artists. If there's artists out there listening, um, you can use masking fluid, uh, which masks out, like you can pour that or paint it onto your watercolour paper or even if you're doing um, oils. And so you can do shapes or random markings with masking fluid, paint over that once it's dried, and once whatever you've painted on top of that masking fluid is dried, you slowly rub off or take the masking fluid off, and underneath it's like um, you don't even know what you'll get. It's unexpected. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. So that is a thing I never did before. And just recently I've bought foil, foil paper, which you can get in silver, gold, and I've got a metallic green with flecks on it. And I'll be doing that in one of my watercolours that I have up at the moment that I've started. And what you do there is on the, the unshiny part, you put either craft glue or foil glue, the girls at the art shop said I could just use craft glue. You paint craft glue on that side that's not shiny and then you can either have cut pieces which you put onto your artwork in however way you want or you can do a totally abstract thing and you let that dry and then um, you peel off the backs of the, the, uh, the side that's not shiny and so you'll have flecks of gold or flecks of silver or, or flecks of whatever colour foil you've put on. So all these things were, were not available. Well, I think masking fluid may have been, or you can use masking tape too in the same way, but you have to be careful when you're peeling it off. And um, I love to incorporate black Indian ink once my watercolours are finished, I do line work on top of my painting and um, I just I let myself go. I just try and I just let the lines go and see what comes up next. I, I don't always have a set, um, you know, like I've tried. I've tried to do normal paintings and normal watercolours. <laughs> You know, start off with a lovely picture of a um, flower or whatever, but it always turns out to be abstract or something weird. That's the beauty <laughs> of creating, though, right? I mean, yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah. Everything that I've ever engaged with, as far as creativity goes, when the place that you start at is never the place that it ends up, and that's what's so beautiful about it. You can put all of you into it mm -hmm. 100%. Let your brain float. I mean, if you're going to go out there and, and just – try and mock somebody else's painting, what, what, what's that going to do for you? Well, what's the fun in that? It, there's nothing like – you were just talking about how you use the masking uh, masking fluid like that and yes, that really yes. triggered something in my mind because I think when people or artists or any type of creative takes a tool and uses it differently than what other people particularly mm -hmm. use it for, that's when things can get really, really fascinating. Like I had mm -hmm. Dr. George Seke on – and and he was a brilliant guy. I can't remember the episode name, but he's the heart, he's the art head here in Lexington, Kentucky, and he's actually from 
hungry, I believe. He's been all mm-hmm. over the place, but he was talking about how he refuses to create with anything but random stuff around him. And, <laughs> and he uses this this kind of technique to teach children constantly that they can grow up and create with anything and everything. And, and I mean, I'm talking about outside, he's grabbing grass, rocks and everything and using it to paint. And it's, it's nuts. Mm. Like, but I, I love hearing about those tools that people use differently than what yeah. a normal person would use it for. Exactly. Well, I think my upbringing, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 58. And when I was growing up, we didn't, have a lot Uh, my family weren't very wealthy so my brother and I we used whatever was around and um, we would if the weather weather was nice or whatever um, we'd be out there um, creating like you said with little stones or pebbles or rocks or on the beach and I'm sure kids do it still nowadays I don't know how much they do it but we didn't have a lot of toys and implements, so we used our hands and whatever we could find and our creativity and, um, you know, just like little sticks, like you said, um, dead insects yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and deads, and snail shells. and um, but, it, but it was wonderful and I think that that helped me. It, because I didn't have a lot, you were always looking for whatever was available, like you said that the gentleman did. And and that is a great way to start exploring. And whereas nowadays, I'm not saying that all kids are like this, but there is so much um, already made for them. There's so, so much that they can buy or on the computer um, that they don't need to use their imagination or they don't need to um, think Whereas I grew up with a very vivid, I still have a very vivid imagination, but I grew up with a very vivid imagination and um, could sit there for hours just drifting off and thinking about all sorts of things, um, picturing things in my mind. And luckily I dream in vivid colour. So, you know, even sometimes there might be ideas in dreams. But... um, it's unfortunate in, I mean, there's so many good things with um, the computer world today that that I enjoy with my art, you know, on, on computer, but there are some things missing too from my generation, yeah, where you could just, um, where it was simple and you just had to make it yourself, really. <laughs> I remember years ago, um there was a, a game, I think girls played it in America. You had an elastic band and um, you used to do, it was sort of called rubber band dancing or something like that. And I was hounding my mother for months and months and months to buy just a little packet of this elastic band stuff. And she did eventually. And, you know, I would just spend hours and, and evenings just fiddling around with elastic <laughs> to see what I could do and jump in between it and put it and put it tied against the, the chairs on the floor. And, you know, I, I don't know if kids do that, that sort of thing nowadays or maybe I was just weird. I don't know. Yeah, it, needs but, to, it needs to transition more 
back to creativity like that. Cause I think that a lot of kids are getting sucked into the television. They're getting sucked into video games and they're not getting mm-hmm. outside and they're not being creative with nature like they should be. And it's mm-hmm. a huge problem in this area of the country where I am. And I know we talked about that in the pre-chat, but kids, some, sometimes you're not, these kids aren't going to grow up to, to have their own personality and voice of creativity. If, if they're so sheltered as a child that they can't, you know, if, if, exactly. if you're born in, in, a remote control is stuck in your hand and you watch TV, that's what you learn to do. And that's what you continue mm. to do. But where is the value and creativity in that? We, we lose that connection with the world, which is such mm. a, a depressing thing. And it's, it's a whole transition I've been going through as well with material mm. belongings. Like we're, I mentioned this before, but we're, you know, we're getting rid of you know, 90% of the things that we have in the house. And it's been the most yes. gratifying thing I've ever done in my life. And it really shows you the value and just being uh, simple, you know, and connecting back with the world again. Like, yes, I can't, I can't yes. express how important that is to me. And I know there's a there was a uh, quote from Seneca that I was thinking earlier, and I, oh man, I cannot remember for the name of it. I know we talked in the pre chat, we talked about Radiohead and things like that, which was amazing. Mm. I don't know. I have to, if I can go back and find it when I get the book, I'll put it in the show notes, but it was all about living simply. Well, I, I feel like we were just talking about kids because I don't know how I can imagine uh, kids that uh, in America and other places where they don't, they're living in um, high rise or um, in blocks of flats where there's no grass, flowers, trees or things like that how hard it would be for them because they haven't even got that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, where they absolutely. could go where they could go outside and play in the dirt or play with some flowers or, or make daisy chains. So so it's not it it's a sad thing because it's not always children's fault. You know, it's what where they're living and um you know, no, whether they're, they're not in a position. I mean, think about when you were a child. I'm sure that you can think of the first things that you remember creating or you probably had an experience of that. But some of these kids, they don't really get that. They grow up and, and they are sheltered. And mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how you look at creativity. But I think you have to have your own voice to be a creative person. And if you're if you're sort of just put into a system that is handed to you and you learn it and that's what you follow, I, I just it's so depressing knowing the mm-hmm. outcome of that and, and knowing where that direction can head um, because then you get in that lifestyle trap. You never knew what was out there. You know, you never knew it was possible and that's and, right. And you get stuck in that lifestyle and it's just, it's super depressing. So. Yes. Um. Anybody telling you that, like, when you were a child, just curious, do you ever remember anyone telling you that you couldn't do it or you couldn't be the person that you wanted to be? Did that ever motivate you? I, mean, I think some people yes. that. I, yes. I know I've gone through it several times, but most people probably face that at some point. Do you ever remember an experience well, like that? Well, I've, I, in the past, I've written it down here, I have had um, 
negative reaction and also when I was younger, um, even with my own family, not, not so much a, a negative reaction like, um, uh, how could I put it? Um, it was like, oh, you're, even though it wasn't said, but this is how I felt, it was like you're from a fairly working class family you know, as long as you get a job, that's okay. You don't need to aspire to anything else or get married, you know, just get married and have kids. But but um, even though it was said like when I was especially in high school, uh, my Form 5 uh, teacher said to me, I have definite artistic talent. I mean, my parents, they – though European that I mean my mum read it and understood it and and I was hoping for some sort of positive reaction like oh said I wanted to go to university, I wanted to do arts, but it was like um uh filling me with doubt, not not in an evil way, but filling me with doubt like oh, you probably wouldn't be able to really handle it. You'll have to go to Melbourne. Melbourne's an hour away, you know. Um, it was like that it wasn't that you shouldn't aspire to that because it's not really your life path type of thing. Do you understand what I mean, Heath? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like um, it, it, it was like uh, you're from a working-class background, you know, your parents have come here, though, hard-working Europeans, um, just be happy to get a job and a safe, nice job. That'll do. And uh, I grew up with that. And But I did have dreams. I did have ambition. And I did have thoughts where I thought, yeah, I, you know, my art teacher said this, various people have said that. But because I didn't have um, uh, positive feedback from my family, or um, the guidance or support, I didn't follow through then. But then when I got older, I, I did it myself. But, um, yeah, I, but that did always in the back of my mind, those sort of things would creep up, creep up and I guess that's why I did fashion because I always wanted to do fashion de design. I thought even if I'm old, I'm going to do this course, I'm going to do it, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> and I've all, and um, I was a mature age student, but I'm glad I did because through through all of those journeys and things that I've done, I've learnt stuff and I've met people along the way that have also helped me with my confidence and different teachers when I was doing fashion and if I won a few awards there one year, my last year with my leather range and all those things slowly helped um give me more confidence to start living out what I always dreamed I wanted to do. Yeah, I, um, I think people get stuck in that in that dream life of getting a job, being okay with with mm. you know, what what you have and being happy for it, but I think it's just it is such a sad reality that that we have to and I know that it's starting to change a little bit from generation to generation. Mm. But when we talk to our parents about how we want to be able to go out, travel the world, be part of creativity. And the feedback is, well, how are you going to do that? You know, you have to keep your job. You have to do this and that. The reality is you don't have to do anything. You can create the life that you love. You just have to put your foot forward and do it. 
Yes. And so a lot of people don't ever do that. And they end up, you know, at the end of their life, looking back and reflecting and the regret comes from the fact that they never took any time to do the things that they loved. And they will tell you that 100%. And, and it's just, it's something that you don't want to get yourself in a position of doing. And mm-hmm. so out of all the people, like you made a good point, you, you got out there, you started talking to people and, and all the people that you've met along your journey, you've learned from a lot of those people. I think that the, everybody's wildest dreams and imaginations seriously do sleep right on the other side of their comfort zone. And if you can get out mm. there and take mm. that, you know, take the initiative to, to create, mm. to, to reach out and ask people for help, um, learn from them. It's amazing the kind of life that you can create for yourself. So out of all those people that you, that you met mm. along the way, do you remember any particular pieces of advice that really resonated with you along the way that played sort of a staple in your journey? Or if you could give any advice on why everybody today should fight for their passion, you know, what, what do you think that would be? Um, I think what I've learned and talked to other people over the years, I can't say that there's just one person that's done that for me. It's, it's been experiences that I've had. Uh, people that I've met and also people from overseas Um, and also, like I said to you, my friend Lee that's in Las Vegas, um, he's given me a boost in in that respect because he bought my first drawing officially, you know, that was last year. So I, I said to myself, oh, my God, I've sold something. I really can do this. But from from a perspective of talking to other people about trying to achieve your passion, I think you just um, have to, and and we've all got trials and things happening in our lives, but you just have to, and I had to do it myself, I had to be a little bit selfish and demand a little bit of time for myself. I had to Um, say to others, like my loved ones in my family, this is what I want to do and there's boundaries. I I have to do this. Um, Life is short and and I'm finding at 58 just it is very, very short and um, you must do it. Even if it's just a few hours each week, um, those things, those things that you do give you the incentive and joy and creativity to keep doing more. That's what I'm, I think I'm trying to say to pe- to people out there, that if you don't start, if you don't start or be interested to make that first step, it'll never happen. And it, and it is daunting, you know, because... There's always thoughts there that, and I have them too, oh, well, well, what will people think of my art? What will people think of this? Not everyone's going to love what I do, but there are people that do. And um, and also, basically, deep down inside, I love it myself. I get extreme pleasure and uh, my soul, I know it sounds corny, but <laughs> deep down inside, I know that I'm doing it for my soul and the life that I was leading for that those so many years and just 
sort of stifling my art was was killing my soul. You have to do what's intrinsically inside you, your passion. Otherwise, I think it kill you. Die. <laughs> you die before I mean, you, you die. You do. You die That's, before you die. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. have to make one of the image quotes out of that. You die before you die. And yeah. What What, what do you think? the hardest part about following your passion is like, what, what's the hardest part about the daily grind of being able to do this? Do you find anything challenging about it or are you just fully in love with it? I mean, I, I definitely run into some roadblocks sometimes. Oh, uh, I, I, I have my challenges, Heath. I'm not um, the type of person that can just get up and um, just go to my art straight away. It doesn't happen to me every day. I have ebbs and flows. Um, some days I'm on such a creative high that I can't stop and I'll be working into the night. I have nights like that. And I'll have nights where I'm lying in bed and I've got ideas floating through my mind and I can't sleep. And then other times, depending on what's happening in my life or you know, I might be low or there's other things I have to attend to, then there'll be a lull. You know, there might be like I had that bad chest infection. For, uh, I'm slowly getting over it. But for two weeks I didn't do any art. And I looked on my, um, you know, calendar and I thought, oh, my God, I ha it's been two weeks. I haven't even drawn anything, looked at anything, but I felt lousy. But there's other times where... Um, you know, that there aren't that many, oh, the inspiration might, might not be there how you want it to be, you know. But then I just have a break. I go and do a few other things like um, gardening, spend more time with Aaron, um, you know, uh, reconnect with friends or family because I need also the input of people. I need to – I can't just be um, up here – in my combined studio with Aaron, I can't be a total hermit, but there are times where I have to be a hermit. So it, it just depends. But like you, Heath, I don't, I'm not, um, you know, I heard um, a friend the other day, her father is an artist, and every morning, although he's retired, every morning he's up at nine doing art all day. See, I can't, even if, even if the hours are totally free, I don't always, I can't always do that either. It, it's a funny thing, you know. I wish I could, but I think it's, a, I think it's an ebb and flow thing with me. I have to have a bit of um, time out to reflect, to to look at things freshly, to um, get new ideas through my photos or through. Um, you know, talking with people or going online. And then all of a sudden these sparks of ideas come or I might look at um, some colours or I might look at fabric um, if I'm shopping or, um, you know, how you look at people. I, I look at people when I'm shopping and, you know, that, that might give me an idea, you know, and or flowers or um, the sunsets. Just it just depends, and then, and then there's a flicker of an idea or an inspiration, and then I'm off. Yeah, that's the beauty of creating, though. I mean, you yeah. know, everybody's a little bit different, and, and I know there's, there's some people out there that can go hard twenty four seven. That's their mentality. Mm. I think it comes from your experiences growing up. I think it comes from 
your interests, uh, your mentors, the kind of principles that were instilled with you. But in general, just creativity isn't something that for people out there that think that they can't do it because they get these blocks. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, everybody gets the blocks. Everybody has these chances where they burn out. I do it. And you you have got to be able to sit down and, and, and recognize when it's happening and take a break, you know, go spend some time with your family, go outside to fist pump, run around with your pants down, do whatever gets you excited, <laughs> meditate. And that's a huge one for me, you know, uh, read, mm. read a book, do some writing. It's crazy how much just taking a pen and no holds bar writing down anything that yep. comes to your mind, exactly. what that can do to jog ideas and memory. And then, like you said, finding beauty in everything and recognizing it, like people think you're creepy for being in a field and staring at the grass, but really it's giving you ideas. You know, you're working That's off right. that. You're building, you're kind of stocking up your mind for the future when maybe you do run into these blocks. You have something mm. that will come back to your memory. And that's huge. I mean, it's crazy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I've never stopped being um, in awe of the world, you know, like, and I think the older I've gotten, I'm enjoying nature and just the simplicity of nature, colours, texture, looking, just using my eyes to look at things and and not rush. You know, I love just sitting out in um, my outdoor area. Sometimes I'll do art there or mosaics with Aaron and sometimes I'll sit there and just look at birds flying in to get some nectar or whatever from some of my plants or insects and looking at their life, what they're doing. And um, it's true what they say, you know, to to stop and um, think uh, like smell the roses or, or stop and just, like you said, meditate, just sit there and take it all in and... Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Life is life is beautiful. Yep, there's there's hardships too, but um, oh, there's so much beauty, and and we shouldn't forget that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm. it, it's it can't be any more true. Love and creativity is definitely above all the gift of nature and the gift of oneself, and it's just putting the mm. two together that can make some of the most beautiful things that are out there. So, mm. well, just curious. And I like to ask this when I, I, I want to jog your memory of growing up a little mm-hmm. bit. Who, who are some of the people that you sort of latched on as creative role models or influencers? Do you have anybody that you sort of look up to, uh, adopt oh, styles? Yes. I, I think yes. that I always love hearing who people mention and I, I always get on the computer really quick and go look them up if I haven't heard of them because I think discovering new art is amazing. So can you think of, of some of yours or, or share them with us? Yes. Well, I've got – Three famous ones, well, they're all famous, but one is an Australian that I'm not sure if you'll know him, Brett, Brett Whiteley. Maybe you do. I'm not sure. I don't. He's but... dead. He's dead. Brett, B-R-E-T-T, Whiteley. And um, he was very, very um, important for Australian art. Yeah, and, I'll put a uh, link to his art in the show note as well. I found his uh, website with his studio. Wow, yeah. yeah, that he, as an Australian, I love his work, and I've got quite a few of his books. And I went to his studio in Sydney last year. And as far as the rest, like getting influence and um, role models, I love 
Salvador Dali. Oh, yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, I know that they're like everybody loves these people, but I love them too. Picasso and Frida Kahlo. And I have got a few books on Frida Kahlo and read her life story, and um, she was amazing. And uh, I, I was actually looking through her book the other day at, at the art. And if you have you looked at some of her art, Heath? I have not. Fr- and what what which yeah. books? I know you said you read a couple of Brett's books too. Can you do you know mm-hmm. the titles of them? Because I'll put those up yes. in the show notes as well. Yes. And you I've can get these them. show notes on artsynow.com forward slash Veridines. Brett Whiteley, Art and Life. Art and Life. Um, okay. Brett Whiteley Studio. Which one was your favorite? Well, actually, I'll tell you the third one, which I'll tell you now, which is called Brett Whiteley, A Sensual Line, 1957 to 67, and that's probably my favourite because I didn't realise just how significant his art and and the nudes and things that he did in um, the uh, early late 50s and early 60s. So, and he was influenced by Picasso and... And Dali, I think, too. So if, if anybody gets a chance, uh, they're really worth looking at and reading. And then Frida Kahlo. Um, do you want the Frida Kahlo information? Yeah, I was just wondering what books they were that you really resonated with there because I throw them up there in the show notes. Yeah. All right, I'll just get the Frida Kahlo. And once again, anybody out there, you can find these show notes on artsynow.com forward slash Veradines. It's V-E-R-A-D-E-A-N-S. And um, Frida is called Frida Kahlo, The Paintings. And I'd highly recommend that because there's so many artworks, but it's also a comprehensive, detailed story of her life. And that's K A H L O, is that right? Yes, that's right. Oh yeah, Frida. That's yeah, yeah. She's like as in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll they did a movie. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd almost forgotten about her. Amazing. Yeah, and um, well, there's so many other artists too. I love a lot of the artists, um, you know, in the Renaissance and. There's so many others I can think about, but I'd say they're the main ones that I keep looking at. And um, on Facebook, there's a art page that I get a lot of photos from with Salvador Dali, and I've been learning a hell of a lot about his life too that I didn't know about. And, and uh, yeah, I love surrealism. I love his type of surrealism. Uh, some of the... I don't mind some of the new surrealism, but some I don't like things that are too gory. Yeah, you know, it just depends. It just depends. But but I love how people, you know, they do create some interesting stuff. So that yes, and um, yeah, and if if you had yeah. to, if you could dive into the mind or, or spend a little bit of time with with any of those people creating mm-hmm. something, who do, who do you think you would choose, and what do you think you would create? Well, I would 
I would choose Salvador Dali and I would love it. I mean, he's not here with us, <laughs> but I would love it if we could do a sculpture together and if he could somehow show me how he can depict the human soul through that sculpture. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's what I like to ask him if he could do that because he did so much, but and and I know he um, you know did a lot of self promotion and he did a lot of um, weird stuff, but I think he had a well, he had a very interesting mind too. Yeah, oh, so that unbelievable. Mm. You know his that I don't know if you remember that sculpture he did that phone with that like lobster on top of it. Yes, I saw that the other day. Yeah. I, I nearly posted it. <laughs> that and then the, ti- the tiger with the fish eating him from the back, which is pretty cool. I, I love I love his work. I'm a huge fan. So anything from sculptures mm-hmm. to the paintings, I think that mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of his stuff, he really does seem to be able to resonate the soul and sort of that other dimension into his work, which is – it's just so 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 fascinating. So yeah, I'll put it a, is. I'll put all that online in, in the show notes as well. And Vera, if you had to battle Godzilla, how mm-hmm. do you think you would use your creativity or your talents to defeat that oh. big crazy bastard? Oh well, you know that was the that was the question that I found hardest to answer. <laughs> but I thought of it again today, and I. I don't know if I've used a lot of creativity to get to it, but I thought to myself that Godzilla, he is a movie star. They've made so many movies with him. He's a, he's a huge movie star and I'm a fan. And I have been starstruck before by Liam Neeson, so I think I'd be <laughs> starstruck again. I did meet him. Wow. and um, But I'd ask him, for his autograph, and, and I'd ask him a few questions. I'd say, what was your fave Godzilla movie? Were your foes easy to work with? And are you a method actor? Hopefully this would break the ice and make him smile, a lizardly smile, because I don't think he'd hurt his fans. And that's my answer to that. <laughs> yes. Very unique and creative. <laughs> Well, I, I just, I don't know, I thought of a few different things I'm and... and um, and sitting with you. Oh, excuse me, Heath. Not that I know of, I'm still having the interview. <laughs> well, How dare answer. you? <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I, I don't edit anything out anymore because I think it's funny just leaving them in and I think it's, everybody's a real person, you know, and, and that always happens, so yeah. awesome. Well, can, where can our artist or artists and other types of listeners, where can they find you or get in contact with you, Vera? Okay, they can get in contact. I know you're on Twitter. At, yes, I'm Dean's, on Twitter. Is it Dean's, Dean's Vera, Vera 1? Okay. I'm on Facebook, uh, Vera Dean's Vucicevic. And Vucicevic is actually in brackets. And I also have um, a Facebook art page, which is called Verushka Art and Design, which is V-E-R-U-S-H-K-A. And I have an email if, if you want that. Yeah, go ahead and send it out and I'll put it in the show notes. All right. Uh, v.deans 
at bigpond.com. And that's awesome. it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And do you have any awesome, awesome. favorite closing, I want to say advice or tips um, or favorite quotes or anything that you want to leave with the listeners before we say ta-ta? Um, yes. Uh, awesome. I knew you did. <laughs> yes. I think from my own um, experience to be listeners out there, to be totally honest and authentic with who you are creatively or otherwise, regardless of what people think, even if they think you're weird or um, crazy, which I'm sure people have thought of that with me, and explore your mind and ways to express your art and creativity. Don't just... um, get stuck on I, I believe not to get stuck on one thing to just keep exploring to keep looking further afield and I also listen to music to let my mind be free and music inspires me too. Uh, reconnect with nature and to be still in nature you know what I mean I meditate to just sit there and absorb and absorb the whole world around you and, and those sort of things help me. So I hope they help others. <laughs> yeah, I love music is so, so much part of my life. And in the pre-chat, I know the listeners didn't hear it, mm-hmm. but we did talk about that video of uh, Radiohead creep that you had posted on your, your page from, you know, that was, I guess, probably 1990 when that thing came out or maybe 91, 92, that they look like such babies in it. But that's, you know, that, that's been it. <laughs> if you go and listen to their music then mm-hmm. and then now – it's amazing. Yes. You wouldn't even think it's the same band, but you can still hear oh. that kind of same voice between the characters. I will. Just, I, I will. Love, I love the progression of it. And and I know that everybody out there is a creep in their own way and should definitely embrace <laughs> it. Don't hide from it. You know, embrace it and, and yeah, find well, that creativity well, for sure. Well, I before we go, can I just say one more thing? I, I don't know if you've seen it. I saw a thing last night and I read it which was very interesting Um, and it's about also exploring the dark side like you said the creep side of us the dark side of us because we've all got it and but everybody like puts on a persona everybody well we all try to be nice nobody wants to hurt anybody and and you and we're almost scared to let you know dark thoughts or the dark side of us Um, come out but if you can look within and see that part of you um, and acknowledge it I think that's important too because no one's perfect and you know no matter how hard you try you're still human but that that was really good what I read last night anyway that that's that's about it I think (laughs) Absolutely perfect. And I'm, I'm just, I just finally found that quote I was talking about earlier about um, kind of finding your wealth in, in the Stoic quote. But Seneca, the shortest route to wealth is the contempt of wealth. So that's something that yes. I really resonate with. And yes, exactly. Not to um, – not the um, – to pursue wealth to – self-gratification and what it can give you um, because 
well, well, we need money, but wealth can be in different ways, you know. You can be fulfilled in other ways other, other than money and greed. Oh, absolutely. In every exactly. way possible. There's just, that's, exactly. there's so much beauty in the world. So, mm. well, Vera, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a blast. Oh. I hope everybody out there got so much value in this. That mm. The struggle that we're all so scared of is absolutely possible to turn around, to mm. find that positive energy, to be creative, to discover yourself, and to truly live the life that you love. So, get out there, do something funky, break the rules, but yes. first, Break the rulers, <laughs> right? And yeah, very yes, thank you so much exactly. for being the entrepreneur now. Thank you, Heath, very much for having me. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, no problem. And always remember to keep it funky for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of The Entrepreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music, well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.